Life is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, author, feng shui consultant, and Akashic healer. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about using magic and energy work as we bravely embrace the full range of the human experience. Hello, everybody. Hey there. <laughs> How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm talking to you now, Tess. Not oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't think they're going to answer you. Oh, well, um, maybe Doing good. Wait. I'm doing okay. Doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. How? So this is usually where we talk about how the energy report or the um, cards we picked last week informed our week. And once again, I don't remember the cards, but I do remember the energy report. And it, oh yeah, it really did. It felt it, that it felt very true. So it was the energy report was basically receiving um, information from spirit, from source, from God. Like just feeling like, oh, I'm getting some real information here about like how to right. transform my life, and then also going down into old patterns and not remembering it and then remembering it again that kind of yeah. thing yeah so did that totally. feel true to you can you talk about yes. it at all or yeah i mean also well the cards that we drew were in alignment with that too yeah. you drew two of scrolls which was also two worlds reversed uh-huh from the akashic tarot and i drew give and receive uh-huh. from the cosmic dancer oracle so it was a lot there was like that duality oh, of yeah. balancing um offering and then receiving like receiving messages receiving downloads oh that's connected. definitely true the offering and the yeah yeah so i don't want to talk specifically but i'll just say that i did something where it created you know what it is but i just it's where it created this thing where i was basically like okay I am doubling down on my belief in myself and I'm expanding into that and I know what I'm worth and I'm go- and I'm doing it like it's like this is happening and then when I did that I was like oh okay my whole world's going to fall apart. <laughs> oh, I it felt, was just a real big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was really like took me back into a lot of old I mean not very long thankfully I've done enough work around this that it actually wasn't very long at all maybe even just a few hours one day and then I felt better than a few hours the next day and then it was done but um but it did like help me to see how much well actually what it did help me to see was where I wasn't trusting in myself where I thought where the old pattern of oh I have to Um, take care of people or show up in the way that they need me to in order to be loved. Yeah. It really brought up this old thing of like not feeling like I would be loved. So really it was like me doubling down on trusting myself like and trusting source and trusting just yeah really like the universe that when I trust myself that's going to get reflected in my environment. Yes. And so I just like did these trust meditations and then I did these, oh my God, I have to talk about these other meditations I've been doing that are so amazing. But um, doing that, I was like, okay, I'm not going to focus on the external of the thing that I did. I'm just going to focus on the internal 
And I think that's why I moved through it so quickly. I was like, no matter what, I'm not going to focus on the external. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, you're yeah. just going to like feel the feelings underneath instead of like, how is this manifesting? What am I actually doing? What are people going to do in do. response? It was like, yeah. let me just go in with it. Well, let me just really believe and have faith that this is why I feel scared and not because it's yeah. actually happening in the world yeah. or that it's it, yeah so that really like having a lot of faith in the process of that of healing yeah cool yeah it was pretty good and then I do just want to say real quick I've been doing these meditations from Oren and Sinea um you know my favorite books living with joy mm-hmm. I've said this a million times I feel like but that was my first spiritual book when I was like 17 I think and changed my life and they their website their website still looks even though there weren't websites in 1987 it still looks like it was maybe made in 1987 which I kind of love I love that old school new age like weirdness yeah it's just like oh nobody's updated this and that's fine (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling anybody if they're like if they go on there and they're like what why is the font so tiny (laughs) I don't know Because it was 1987 and no one had websites. That's right. So they were actually (laughs) ahead of their time. (laughs) But they actually were. But anyway, so they, Oren, who is Senea Channels, came out with this five volume. Each volume has 12 meditations in it. That's basically like a do it yourself Merkaba on speed. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, Tess. Like, I feel like. I sound like I've truly have lost my faculties, but like when I'm doing it, suddenly everything is like lining up, like it all makes sense. Like, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm not joking. Like, for instance, things will happen um, where like I'll be talking about feeling uh, feeling like a target and then I'll look up and there's the target sign with you know what Uh, I mean stuff like that where it's like or I'll think of somebody this happened actually my from high school my best friend from high school who listens to the show now hi Stephanie um I literally was thinking about how old is her son now and I had this memory and I was like oh he's 21 now and then she posted about how it was his 21st birthday that day. And like, I haven't uh, thought of him in years. So that's just like the kind of silly superficial ways, but it just feels like, and then in the bigger ways, it's like all these things are coming together where I'm understanding patterns, patterns are falling away. It's yeah. so amazing. These meditations, like you go to lands of like the, the formless land of possibilities what mm, and like floating in it and receiving like char i re- experience it as charges of light which i also experienced when i did the merkaba meditation but this is like i'm telling you you it's more like um directed than the merkaba like the merkaba you do the thing and then it's like okay you figure it out yourself this is like you're already in the thing immediately you don't have to do all the steps and then here, we're going to take you to, you know, this new dimension that your home planet is. Oh, my God. It's all what? there for you. Yeah. So anyway. That's awesome. All right. Tell us about you. Well, you know, also, I want to also talk about how the uh, practical magic was about boundaries, oh. which I feel like is kind of also what you're talking. Like, like you mean just last kinda- week? 
Last week. Oh, okay, yeah, last yeah. week, practical magic was about boundaries and the dynamic that you're describing, it mine didn't manifest in the same way, but it was a similar dynamic. And I do feel like boundaries have to do with it because you're describing being like, oh, I want people to love me and that that kind of involved not totally being authentic with yourself, mm. right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yes, yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing that anymore in my life, but that was the old wound that was coming up. Like, oh, right. but wait a minute, now you're gonna... By yeah, but I set a boundary by creating... Yeah, I set a boundary by saying like, this is the thing that's happening now. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, and so that same dynamic, it has been continuing for me with listening to a little bit culty it has been an amazing thing because this podcast with um sarah edmondson and her husband nippy whose name is something other than nippy but he Mm. goes by nippy that's unfortunate (laughs) i can't remember (laughs) he introduces himself at the beginning but they um the way they just talk to these survivors of cults these people who have escaped cults they also talk to experts it's just i mean it is really helping me see my journey in this way that I haven't seen before. Like mm. they said something to someone who that like, oh, how was your body? And and were you experiencing drug abuse? And did you have anxiety attacks? And I'm like thinking of when I got out of my mom's house when I went to mm. acting school. I had anxiety attacks, drug abuse, depression, oh, wow. you know, like unhealthy relationships. And then I'm seeing like, oh, I didn't even see how I I remember being in acting school right out of high school and still telling people, oh, my mom's the best mom in the world. She's the best mom in the world. And it was like, they probably were like, like my roommates, like, that's weird because she never visits you. She never calls you. (laughs) You know, like the things you tell us about her sound kind of like she has bad boundaries. I don't know. Just like how I was still in that cult mentality, but I had been rejected. Like just, yeah. I mean, it is just so clear. It's like how the cult leaders love bomb you, but then they also undermine your self-esteem. And then it's hard to, you know so I just this didn't is, even see it. Yeah. You know what this is making me wonder about? And I'm just going to throw it out there. Like when I was nine, I realize a lot of kids aren't ready for sleepaway camp, but I remember so distinctly the feeling I went to sleepaway camp and I remember walking into the cabin after my mom left and this depression overtaking yes. me, like a crushing emptiness. And, yeah, and I literally set themselves up yes, as your God or your cult leader. Yes. And so you're like, where's the light in my world? This is what I've been trained that this is the most important being. Yeah. And without them, who am I now? Yes. It wasn't just yeah. like, oh, I miss home. It was like, right. I can't function. How am I going yeah. to function? Yeah, I'm just like now seeing. So see, yeah, it's so it's becoming so clear this dynamic that of manipulative people in general. But like what happened to me, because I remember too, like (laughs) just having all of these ways that I I would uh, like criticize myself for behavior that wasn't even coming from me. It was Mm. coming from mom and it was coming from like Like her expectations. Like I'm thinking about how I was broke one time at acting school Mm -hmm. and she sent me money Mm -hmm. so that I would have money for rent and food and how that (laughs) for part of that money I used to get a tattoo and how I remember just being like, oh, I am a piece of shit. Mm. I am a piece of shit Mm. that I would spend money mom gave me Mm -hmm. on a tattoo Mm -hmm. instead of food and rent. I mean, I I think I must have had enough for food and rent. (laughs) But, you know, like like how it just, I couldn't 
get it out of my uh, head that this is just like wrong and bad and yeah. mom would not approve. I mean, it wasn't person, the best, the most responsible thing to do. Like if my kids like <laughs> I mean, spent my money I was, on like, a tattoo. 18. I mean, but I wouldn't like it if they did that. But I wouldn't be like, you are a piece of shit. Right. I'd be like, I fucking gave you that money and you spent it on a tattoo. What the hell? But I wouldn't be like, you are terrible. No, I know. But that was the feeling yeah, of yeah. like, just like, oh, my God. I just, I, what is wrong? I'm, I'm. I'm a piece of shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. And but even I just in general the having that lens. Yeah. And so yeah. so just stuff like that, yeah. realizing that, thinking about that, it has really, I feel this this deeper understanding of boundaries now in a way that feels so good. Like I'm just like Ugh, that's so great. You yeah, know what else like, that makes me think of? I just want to say of when you were talking about feeling like a piece of shit, like I think maybe also what it is, is that we weren't given tools to handle when we have conflicting feelings or like, you know, with narcissism, everything is so black and white. You're either a piece of shit or you're an amazing person. And so if you do do something where it's like, maybe not the best thing or the mm -hmm. nicest thing or the most responsible thing, there's no there's no nuance there. You weren't given any tools to think like, oh, honey, yeah, I wish you hadn't done that, but I love you, you know, like, right. but, or, you know, here's how to handle, you know, when you're feeling emotional, like sad, like be kind to yourself, but take responsibility. There's exactly. none of that. You just had to yeah, fall like back I couldn't into be like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or, yeah. or like, oh, I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't have any of that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that it's. There's so, uh, yeah, that covert narcissism book has actually, I mean, I think my mom was pretty much with me more overt most mm -hmm. of the time. Um, but uh, it has helped me so much with friends that I've had where it's blown up for me to see, like, oh my God, totally they were covert narcissists, especially yeah. like, yeah, just two of them I'm thinking of it's like oh my god like presenting is in this way or using me until they were done and then it was like then they turn not it's like what exactly. yeah so anyway that book is really interested if you're not into narcissism uh you can stay tuned because that's not all we talk about yeah and lucky you also by the way oh yeah um <laughs> true good point um <laughs> just be but grateful <laughs> yeah but that book if you are interested i will put it in the show notes again it's the covert yeah. passive aggressive narcissist mm -hmm. it's it just it's amazing because she does talk about in that book too how it like most people who have covert passive aggressive narcissistic parents it they discover it in their 30s which is exactly what i did when i was like oh, um, wait a minute hold on here <laughs> I know. but like looking back now i mean and it's interesting how there's this other wave of clarity that's yeah. happening to me now yeah. at age 44 but mm -hmm. yeah looking back on my 20s and it is interesting too in that book how she talks about you know you knew you just didn't you didn't have the tools to recognize yeah. that you knew like yeah. your body knew mm. yeah. you know and so I could just oh, I just see you that just, so deeply and yeah. and seeing how it was so hard for me because I met Ted when I was 21 how it was so hard for me to feel like 
safe and connected. It was just I was so not healed yet. I still had that paradigm so strongly. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. it's just been more of a process of healing and deprogramming. And if you know that your mother or well, there's a really great book called Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Daughters of oh, Narcissistic yeah, I went, oh, Mothers. Wait. The reason I didn't get that, I saw that and I looked at it on Amazon. And then in, I think it's that book mm. that in the intro, she starts talking about how you've got to forgive your mom. Oh, geez. And stuff. I haven't and I looked like, at that in a while. I'll look I mean, at it and see. I like I do feel like on some level I have I definitely have forgiveness as far as kind of like I know just like I don't hold on to it in a way where it's distracting me or draining me to feel this anger. But I felt like in the intro, the way she talked about it, it made me feel like, yeah, I don't. I don't want to have her in my life. Yeah. I don't. It, well, you so don't. I don't know. Yeah, you don't have to. You can forgive somebody and not have them in your life. But what I think is tricky, like I definitely, after my mother died, I've said this a lot. Now we have a great relationship because I talked to her. Her ego went away when she died. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of compassion. I've done a lot of ancestral healing on around her. But I think what's tricky when you are raised, especially when you're raised with a narcissist, but it's probably true with every narcissist relationship, is that it's so much about them that when you put the forgiveness as your first point, it's almost like re-traumatizing yourself that your feelings don't matter. Yeah. Totally. Oh, this reminds me of another thing. So um, so just two days ago, so we're recording this on Friday, but just two days ago, Ted was talking to me about a video he saw about us Russian soldier in the Ukraine Mm. and that I suddenly started to go... Oh, that's happening. And then I was remembering how you and I, like how the whole Ukraine thing, like feeling it emotionally, like I started to feel it emotionally. And then I remembered how you helped me recognize that I have a delay with nurse big events, how I like distance for a while. And then I slowly start to go, oh, and then it comes in. And I was like, I recognize that again. I was like, that happened again. What is that? Is that like a trauma response? Oh, probably. Or is it related to my mom? I wonder if it's related to my mom, how I always, it was like, oh, how are you feeling? I need to feel your feelings for you right away. Uh, and then, like, I just am like, mm, let me just, I'm going to sh- feel my own feelings. Yes. And then at some point I start to be like, okay, let me reach out and see what's going on over that there. I don't know. Sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, speaking of, I just want to, we will answer a question about the Ukraine. We're going to have a question. I mean, not that we're Ukraine experts, but I just mean about how we're handling it from a a magical perspective of energy healing perspective. But, um, it's just so terrible. And I do want to just say that. I can't even, and I will talk about how I'm handling. I mean, not that it is. I feel like I'll talk about how I'm handling it and you can listen to how important that is later. No, but I just mean I'm going to be <laughs> talking about it later, so I won't say it now. Um, but it's just so sad and I feel so sad for everybody there and the animals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't want to think about it. It's so overwhelming. Um, okay. So before we do that, first we'll say, yeah, we're having a questions only episode next week. Um it is too late for us to answer questions for 
that episode. But in the future, you can email us at magicmoneypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website. There's an ask a question button, magicmoneypodcast.com. Or you can call us, 828-333-7181. Now I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so fun and cute. (laughs) 828-333-7181. (laughs) okay yesterday or not yesterday last week brett was editing editing the podcast next to me he has the headphones on and he started he burst out laughing i was like what's happening i thought it was something else he i surprised him with the singing at the end of this (laughs) um okay so i would like to say before we get to our guest who we're so excited about um uh, what I would like to say is, yes, if you would like to have a session with me, I haven't talked about this in a while, so I thought I would, um, especially because it really has evolved over time. But basically, if you would like to see me, what I do is it's I'm not a therapist, but it's therapeutic in that you bring what's coming up for you. I look at it kind of at a 3D energy level to see the sources. We help clear it out. But I also... Um, if you would like to, a big healing that happens on your own is we lead, I lead you through a little exercise where you talk, if there's a big inner child part coming up, talking to it, seeing what it needs. And it also helps you to be able to do that in the future on your own. But it gives a really big healing and it's really helpful to have like a guide to help you through it. Um, I still like having guides to help me through it, especially if I'm stuck in it. Um, it's a very powerful process. So yeah, you can schedule it through highestlighthealing.com. And that's it. And what about you? Well, I will talk about what I would like to talk about, but I also want to just say Natasha's sessions are life-changing. They're just amazing. you. You will love working with Natasha. I really appreciate that. Okay, so yes, I want to mention, so I've been doing a lot of really fun Akashic clearings with many of you, thanks to everyone who's scheduled. If you want to schedule one of those, please do, but I want to especially talk about feng shui. I'm so excited for my, I can't Yeah, we have it scheduled. Natasha and I are going to do that. Also, real quick, you schedule now with Tess if you want, because she's booked out kind of. I'm pretty booked out, but I did want to say, if you don't see a time that works for you, like, I mean, if you can book a time that is available, that would be great. But if you're like, none of these times will ever work for me because I work all week or something like that, just email me and we can figure something out. Yeah. Um, but feng shui, yeah, I'm doing it with Zoom. So you take me through your house on your phone with Zoom. Oh, you go through the house? Yeah. Oh, no, I have to clean before our session. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you don't. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then you get a bagua of your house, so you get to see where all the fun- the feng shui areas are, and you get a report with my recommendations, and I work with where you are. You know, like maybe you're renting, maybe you have certain tastes that don't match. I mean, there's always something you can figure out that work with works with feng shui and works with your taste, so you don't have to do stuff you don't like. Yeah. Um. But that's why a personalized feng shui consultation is great. Yeah. So if you want to schedule one of those, go to TessWhitehurst.com and click on either click on feng shui or go to the shop and then go to sessions with Tess. And that's where we met originally when you came to my house in LA and you made Brett cry. So get ready to cry. 
and it's more than just a little feng shui session. It's emotional. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't there, have I mean, because be. there's patterns. I mean, there's stuff that's related to the Bagua, but there's often patterns, too, of, like, creating space for the things you want to create space for. Yeah. And, and Brett had a hard time with that. He's gotten so much better now. I mean, oh, so good. much better. Like, um, yeah, he's doing great. Um, In case anyone wants to know how producer Brett's doing. <laughs> I think they do. I'm guessing they do want to know that. That's it. Okay. So... Now, oh I'm, yeah, and mm, go wait, ahead, real quick. Yeah. Um. Also, we would love if you oh, would write yeah. us a review on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind, or yeah. wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. It just we it helps us uh, emotionally <laughs> <laughs> to feel good about ourselves in yeah. our podcast, but yes. also, <laughs> but also it's really great for helping other people to find our podcast because we, you know, we do want people to find it. Yeah, we really do. So tell your friends, whatever. We would love to have them here if they like us. Don't. Send your hate listening friends. Not, I mean, you know what? What do we care? As long as yeah. I mean, as long as they're do, listening, do it. Send it. Send them. Whoever they are. Well, usually, <laughs> if you it. send us a write a review, I text it to Tess, and we go, yeah. "Oh, this is so nice." So if we you want to know, happy about that's it. happening exactly. Um. Okay. So this week, we're so excited about our guest. I've been wanting to have her on for a while. I stumbled on her on Instagram. And now I will read her bio. Dr. Jen Salib Huber is a Canadian registered dietitian and naturopathic doctor and intuitive eating coach. And she's on a mission to help women thrive in midlife. She helps women navigate the physical and emotional changes that happen in perimenopause and menopause, including their search for food freedom and body confidence. Working from a health at every size approach, she teaches women to become intuitive eaters and build body confidence at any stage of midlife. Life. And I do also just want to say, um, we already did this interview, you're about to hear, um, but this is really great for women of any stage, because we talk a lot about intuitive eating and diet culture in general. So um, even though there are some things about the midlife, it's for for everybody and any gender too, any anybody that you're in, whatever, if if you were affected by diet culture, and you probably are, this is a good one yep. for you. Jen, welcome to the show. We're so happy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. So we want to start with this question. What do you do? What is your passion? What's your mission? So my mission is really helping women to find food freedom and body confidence in midlife, uh, often after a lifetime of dieting. So I'm a dietitian and a naturopathic doctor and an intuitive eating coach. And I, I work almost exclusively with women in this, you know, kind of over 40 perimenopause, menopause stage. And, you know, lots of women get to this age and I, I say this age cause I'm 45, um, you know, kind of get to this stage of life and want to feel their best are feeling really inspired to think about their health and to maybe, you know, think about food and movement and those kinds of things. But often the only conversations they've ever had have been around using those things to, you know, control weight loss or to control their weight. And, you know, it starts to sometimes 
it changes, everything changes in midlife, but certainly how our body responds to that uh, mm. also changes. And so I just try and help women to, to unprogram, deprogram, I call it undiet, undiet their life after 40 so that they're not listening to or feeling like they need to follow these food rules that really haven't been serving them anymore so that they can feel their best in this stage. I mean, it never has served us though, right? As when no. people and well, all I say all genders, it doesn't this diet culture around basically ignoring what your body actually needs and instead just be thin. Yeah, oh, constantly yeah. your body's wrong. Like that's the message that we get. It's just it's a it's a cult. It's so manipulative. Yeah. Well, I mean, it absolutely is, you know, the, the diet and wellness culture has perpetuated the thin ideal, which we know mm -hmm. only represents about 5% of the diversity of the human body. Oh um, it has taught us incorrectly that we can control body shape and size with food and exercise when really about 70% of our body shape and size is genetic. We know that from twin studies, we can look at twin identical twins separated at birth and look at them when they're 20 and 30 and 40 and their bodies are remarkably similar. Um, and you know, so we've been kind of taught this thing that, you know, if we watch what we eat, if we control this, if we count and measure and that, you know, try and control this calorie in calorie out equation that we can control what our body looks like. And that hasn't been shown to be true in the research. And it's not true from, I think, most of our lived experiences. And it separates us from our power. It's like just being in our bodies, inhabiting them, accepting them, allowing them, approving of them. It's such a part of feeling grounded, centered, empowered. Yeah. My yeah. question that I want to ask you that um, <clears throat> I think maybe a lot of people get stuck on, <clears throat> excuse me, is that it does seem to work for people at some point or something like it in some ways, you know, it's like, it does seem to work in some ways. For, so, yeah. and I think that, yes. And that kind of is where it's a little bit of like a false prophet in some ways, because, mm -hmm. you know, often diets will work the first time. So the first time that someone does a diet, it's new, it's exciting. Mm. And your body maybe isn't compensating for 20 or 30 years of yo-yo mm. dieting. And so mm. it may seem like it, it works. It right. may even work the third, fourth or fifth time, but it stops working as easily. And it stops working as well because we're learning that our body compensates for that yo-yo dieting. Mm. So there's something that happens where people, you know, eventually will notice that they lose five, but gain 10 and lose 10, then gain 15. Mm. We, you know, we have pretty robust research that most people who experience weight loss, we'll only experience that, you know, in the first three to six months max, and then the regain starts. And that statistically 95% of diets will have failed, um, by one, two and five years. So there really isn't any long-term benefit to restricting food or trying to manage that equation. And there may actually be side effects. And that's the part that we don't talk about enough. We don't tell people that, you know, there are actually side effects to dieting. Yeah. So, well, and yeah. for me, so I would, this podcast, when this podcast started in 2019, I went through a whole thing of like, Natasha told me about the fuck it diet. I started like deconstructing the whole diet culture within my own mind. And, you know, I've been on that path since I was like, I was a gymnast, you know? And so I think for me at this point, 
it's been a couple of years now and I really am out of it. Like I really do just eat what I feel like eating that makes me feel good. But the, and that's awesome, but it's also, I think something that people don't talk about is the, the, the side effect of being obsessed, like being obsessed with having a certain, looking a certain way, having a certain like number on the scale. I mean, that was so much mental power that I could have been using for so many other things for so long. It's a life thief, you know, it takes up so much of your heart and headspace that there's very little room for anything else because every decision is being influenced or driven by, you know, what do I weigh? Uh, What do I look like? You know, what, what are people going to think of my body? And it becomes very all consuming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was maybe a little unusual because for me, I didn't start doing any of that until I got pregnant till after my pregnancy. Cause I was the, I just naturally was that 5% then like, I didn't think about it. I wasn't very healthy <laughs> with my food, but, um, and then I, I did notice that thing that you were saying, like, okay, it worked after the first pregnancy and then it worked after the second pregnancy, but then it was like, no, it's not working anymore. And then all of a sudden I'm like 40 and thinking about all this stuff and it's not working. And so that's when I was like, with, I told Tess about it. Cause I was like, I just noticed that this one thing in my life is not aligned with the rest of how I think about everything else in terms of acceptance and self-love and, you know, allowing what's naturally happening to happen and all of that. I was so strict with my body. I was like, this does not feel right. This is bad. So I am curious what you, I don't know if you want to talk about the nutrition element or, um, yeah, Yeah. well, I think that one of the things that happens is that as we grow up in diet and wellness culture, and even as we seek even professional advice, we come to believe that weight is a proxy for health. Mm -hmm. And so even when we Mm -hmm. feel that, you know, oh, I want to make these changes for health reasons, I want to be healthy or whatever, we're still thinking of weight as kind of the measure of success or failure, right? And so the first thing when I'm working with people is we really need to undiet that mindset because we, when we're pursuing a healthy relationship with food that's based on health outcomes, it needs to kind of just leave the scale and weight off to the side because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen to your body when you're eating intuitively. And when you're treating your body with kindness and respect, and it may, you know, it tends to either get smaller, stay the same, or maybe even get bigger. And we have to hold space for the fact that bodies change. Mm -hmm. A human body is a changing body. And the more we normalize those discussions from the time that our kids are babies, the easier it is for us to not become obsessed with a changing body at any stage. Right. So I have, you know, I have teen and tween girls. And one of the things that, um, you know, I wish every, you know, girl knew, and especially wish that I knew is that body fat percentage has to double in order to achieve and maintain menstruation. Mm. So all girls at 10, 11, 12, 13 get softer and rounder. All of them. Yeah. And also though, age 12 is the age that most girls go on their first diet. That's mm. not a coincidence, but we have never normalized the fact I mean, that your body it, has to do this. Is it all of them though? Cause I'm thinking back to me. I don't 
remember getting like I I definitely wasn't yeah go ahead but I just mean like there's variations of normal but like you know if you look at any girl who's gone through puberty you can see kind of the pre-puberty versus post-puberty changes and of course genetically some will have more changes than others and but you know I think we just have to focus on normalizing that and perimenopause is like reverse puberty right so a lot of the hormone changes that we're going through are the same that we went through in puberty Mm. but we also have that combined with just some what I call life stage changes we're older we're not moving as much. So some of the new research on metabolism says that it's not necessarily related to age in general, but that just the amount of movement that we do in our day changes from decade over decade. Right. And I can see that that being true, right. Mm -hmm. Even in my twenties, I moved more just kind of like moving around, Mm -hmm. um, than I maybe do in my forties. And so maybe we need to put some intention into movement because movement is what keeps us young and healthy. Um, you know, kind of keeps our, our joints and muscles and brain and everything kind of working the way we want it to, but we need to start thinking about what else is happening and what can my relationship with food influence, even if it doesn't change my weight, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think this is where a lot of times women will get to 40 and they'll do some really drastic things like, you know, try and go on these restrictive keto diets or, you know, those kinds of things that is not supporting your health. So it may change your weight in the short term, which is mostly going to be water, but it is not going to be supporting your heart health, your brain health. It's not going to help you build muscle. And, you know, those are the things that we need to focus on. So a lot of kind of my work is on undieting the beliefs that we have about food and nutrition and weight and health and really carving a path that says, I'm going to keep doing this because it feels good even if my body changes. Right. Um, and that, that's not easy. I make it sound easy, but it's not easy. If all you've ever known is being off a diet. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you recommend at first? Or is that something, I mean, is that, well, I think that the first thing is really just, um, being able to see diet culture and wellness culture. So I describe it like those magic eye posters from the nineties. I don't know if you guys know those, but (laughs) you know, so if you, I had a really hard time seeing them and I would look at them for a really long time and I'd get really annoyed. But when I finally saw saw the image, I couldn't unsee it. I could see that poster 20 years later and I, it would jump right out at me. And Mm. I feel like it's the same with diet and wellness culture that when you, when you can actually see it and you can see that it's an industry and you can see that it's not based on science and you can see how it's harmed you or the people around you. And then it's not helping you feel better in your body. Um, it becomes impossible not to see. So you can still feel you know, that there's work to do on body acceptance and you can still not be where you want to be, but it's easier to stay that non-diet or anti-diet path because you, you know, that, that that's only going to end in one way. That diet cycle is a predictable series of events and it's never going to change. I mean, unless you are like, I do know people who are just like very, very strict, very, very, like they just are, you know, to me, it's no nice way to be to yourself or to the world, but it's just like extreme, 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 extreme. I mean, maybe I used to be like that. I used to be obsessed and I, it was a secret. 
nobody would know. Everyone yeah. thought, would not think, oh, she just really likes healthy food. <laughs> she doesn't eat much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it, it does was... work, quote, quote unquote, as far as your body. Mm-hmm. Like you were very, I mean, you still are thin, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I never know. Yeah. Anyway, but it's like, it does work, but it, at what cost? Mm-hmm. Like it's a huge sacrifice. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, it only as... works if we the proxy for health. If weight is a proxy for health. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, work. Yeah, exactly. It's not, I mean, when when I say work, I mean, yeah, yeah. But you're not psychologically healthy, which I mean, so you're not enjoying your life. Like, I mean, I, it wasn't that I didn't have things I was enjoying, but it was really (laughs) siphoning off a lot of that energy. But I wanted to mention about diet culture lately. I've been extra. I I always have been fascinated with cults lately. I've been really (laughs) fascinated because I'm, realizing and just like deconstructing more my relationship with my mom, who's a narcissist. And then I, I realized like how much it was like I was in her cult. So I've been thinking about learning about cults in a different way lately. And the diet culture thing, it's like, I mean, like cult leaders, it's also like, um, narcissists and sociopaths who just the advertising, just the advertising for diet products is like this subtle, like we can help you. You're not okay. You're not attractive, but we can help you become attractive. We know how to do it. And like, that's that subtle way that like sociopaths will pick up on people, you know, like, like tear them down subtly and then pick up on them at the same time. Like, oh, but it's okay. I'll help you feel better about yourself. You don't feel good about yourself because you're not great, but I'll help you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's preying on that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. right. You know, recognizing that, many women, you know, that their body image is very much rooted in how they feel about their body. Mm -hmm. So I talk about this all the time that how we feel in our body and how we feel about our body are the two main components of our body image. Mm. And for most women, how they feel about their body is what drives the body image bus, right? Mm. And so what we need to be focusing on is something called body neutrality, mm-hmm. which is, you know, how can we move towards making how we feel about our bodies a component without it driving the bus all the time? So mm-hmm. that if we have, you know, what I call like a bad body day, for example, that it doesn't completely derail everything in our life because yeah. it's not driving the bus. It's just a passenger that we can put at the back of the bus. You know, if you have a bad hair day, you put yeah. a hat on, you throw it up in a ponytail and you go about your day. You don't let it derail your day. Yeah. It's not your mood. It's not how thin yeah. do I feel. And that's you know? the kind of body neutrality that we need to work towards because we're more than what our body looks like. We need to yeah. take that back. I think that's when we couple our worth with mm-hmm. our body, what, whatever size we think our body should yes. be. And then that's going to derail everything. Coupling your worth with anything outside of yourself is what's really going to derail you yeah. in general. But yeah. then we have all these societal messages, but no, but this one's true, but this one's true, but this one's true. Yeah. You have to be this. Yeah. So how, cause I remember like, I mean, this whole process for me of deconstructing that diet culture in my own mind, it's taken a while. And, um, I know my process, but I also remember feeling like, oh, there's no way there's no way I can ever get rid of that belief that my self-worth, my mood, my joy, um, how people respect me in the world will all be related to my weight. Like it, it just felt too, like too all encompassing. So 
what do you, how, how, if our, any of our listeners are thinking that, like, what, what would you say to them to get started? Well, and I think that this is kind of where, I think this is where we have to say that not everyone can and should do this alone. Mm, that, right. you know, for a lot of people, this is a symptom of disordered eating, not yeah. even, or, or possibly an eating disorder, but even, you know, for regular women, I can say, you know, it, it is often a symptom of disordered eating and just ditching the diet mentality may not be enough without the support of someone who can help you add things in yeah. that can kind of keep you moving. So I call it, it's often the women, the people that I work with are in the messy middle. So they're the people who have already read the book. They've listened to the podcast. Mm -hmm. They maybe ditched dieting a year or two ago, but they're not feeling the way that they want to feel, yeah. but they also know that they can't go back to dieting. So right. they're stuck in this like yeah. torn both ways. And that's often where I think working with someone who can help you to just reframe what you're looking for as an outcome and just keep you focused on the things that you can do. Like, what does it mean to actually work towards body neutrality? What does it mean to feel good in your body? What are the things that we can do that will help you to feel good in your body so that you don't get yanked out of your body when you see it yourself in a picture? Mm -hmm. Like it's those kinds of moments that I think are hard to work through just by reading a book or listening to a podcast. I think mm -hmm. you can get really inspired and, and feel like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. And I want that. Um, but just like in all things in life, sometimes a little coaching can go a long way right. to helping you reach your goals. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for you, when you work with somebody, I guess it's just very personal for each person or are there some things that you always. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some things. So for example, when I'm doing a group program, one of the, I have a group program called beyond the scale, which is specifically for women over 40. And we kind of go through this process of, okay, let's undiet your beliefs. Let's figure out, are your beliefs serving you? What are the limiting beliefs that you have? What are the wellness culture beliefs that are still driving the bus when you're deciding what to eat? calling those out. So, you know, challenging, like, you know, gluten versus grain free, you know, do you, is that really a decision that's influencing your health or is that a wellness culture dialogue that you, you know, have bought into because someone or many people that, you know, you know, feel that way. Have you evaluated that on your own? Is that, is that actually serving you? Do you actually feel better? Or do you think you should feel better by eating it? Those are two very different things. Then um, I think that learning to listen to your body is a skill that will serve you in menopause um, far beyond your relationship with food. So learning to listen to what does my body need? Does it need rest? Does it need joy? Does it need connection? Does it yeah. need movement? Does it need entertainment? You know, like all of these things are needs that we have to acknowledge and respond to. And understanding those needs is key to being able to tune into hunger and fullness and being able to respond that way. So I think that just learning to listen and actually ask yourself the question, what do I believe? Why do I believe it? Me. And am I feeling the way that I think I should? If you've been on a diet for 15 years and you're still trying to get to a place then, you know, chances are it's not serving you. Like if diets worked, they'd work the first time, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or it's just like, oh yeah, I just need to do this thing and then it'll work again. Like I'm thinking yeah. about things with 
like just regular healing within yourself. It's like, if you find yourself in a different place with healing, like let's say you're working on an old trauma belief or an old conditioning. If you find yourself lost in it again, those tools will work if you use them again, once you remember, but that's not true with dieting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those oh. tools yeah. don't work. I mean, it's totally different. I think to go back to something that did work, but you know, for whatever reason, you know, kind of got lost in your life. So like, you know, going back to like a, an, an old hobby that you liked, or like right. going back to, you know, a, a class or a movement or something like yeah. that, that's really different than diet culture. So the diet cycle is this predictable series of events where, you know, there's something that prompts you to believe or think or feel that you need to lose weight. And so sometimes that's, you know, getting dressed and something doesn't fit the same way, or maybe it's seeing a number on the scale, whatever it is you start a new diet or you go back to an old diet. And when you do that, um, initially it feels really good. It feels exciting. It feels, you know, like you're, you're doing something and you're taking control. And this is often when a lot of us think this time it's going to work this time. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going right. to fail forever. I'm going to stick to it forever. forever. <laughs> I, I never need to eat cheese again. I can just give that up for the rest of my yeah. life. So, you know, that happens and that doesn't last very long. So that honeymoon phase, you know, is anywhere from like three hours to three weeks, kind of usually where you, you know, if life is perfect, you can devote all your time and energy to thinking about that. But then the restriction becomes really exhausting. The thinking about food all the time, the measuring, the counting, the tracking, the accounting for, and the novelty wears off. And then once you're out of that restriction, um, you know, you're, you're in that deprivation mode. And because diet culture is all or nothing, you go from all things to none of the things. And Mm -hmm. once you've kind of jumped ship and because you're in that all or nothing thinking, you often just kind of say, screw it. I'm just going to enjoy the weekend. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you start it all over again on Monday. And so that's a predictable series of events that happens pretty much any time that we put the desire for weight loss in front of the desire for health. So that's why, you know, I tell people that desiring weight loss, I think is a very normal human thing, given the culture that we live in, right? Don't think there's anything wrong with you. If that thought creeps up, you know, even 20 years into an an intuitive Mm -hmm. eating journey, Mm -hmm. the, the key is learning not to respond to it in the way that the default programming has always existed. Right. Because it really is like, like basically your dad telling you like you need to lose weight like that's the only way you're going to be pretty that's mm-hmm. the only way you're going to be attractive in some cases literally patriarchy <laughs> like in some cases literally. in my case literally <laughs> yeah but it it really is just like some outside sort it's racist it's sexist i mean it just does not include all bodies so it's like it just it does make me mad because i do fall into it still after i mean i have not been dieting in years, but I still like now, since I stopped dieting, I have a stomach that I never had before. And sometimes I am like, you know, it's upsetting to me. I'm like, Oh, but I have to go back to, okay, but hold on. Why is this upsetting to me? What, like who's saying this is the only way this is attractive. Who is saying that? Yeah. So yeah, it's really like, Um, in some ways I feel like I'm in the messy middle with that. I mean, I think I, yeah. So I really relate to all of this. Um, so 
before, because we are going to have to end soon, I want to talk about the nutritional element yeah. of it. Um, yeah. So food matters. It just not in the way that we've been led to believe. So mm-hmm. most people that I work with have only ever thought of nutrition from the perspective of will eating this help me lose weight or not? Um, and so even if something is healthy or they feel like it's a healthy choice, if it doesn't influence the scale in the way that they want it to, they're not going to include it. Right. And so we really need to, you know, think about, okay, from an evidence-based perspective, what are the foods or the nutrition priorities, as I call them, that can be helpful. And so I'm a big advocate of women in this age and stage of life, introducing plant-based protein, not exclusively. I'm not a vegetarian, but I think Mm -hmm. that including plant-based protein a few times a week can have some real benefits for women. And because I use the add-in approach with intuitive eating, we're just adding something to your diet. We're not taking anything away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so these plant-based proteins are, they're great sources of protein, but they're also really great sources of fiber. They're rich in iron and often calcium, you know, for things like tofu and some of the plant-based milks. And they also contain phytoestrogens, which for some women can be really helpful in controlling some of the symptoms like hot flashes and night sweats. So, um, you know, I often encourage women to try those on, you know, what can we do to try on having these foods a bit more often because we're thinking about health. We are also thinking about our bones and not wanting to end up with a fracture from, you know, falling the wrong way. So, you know, thinking about things like calcium is important, but maybe not as important after 40 as we used to think, because it Mm. seems like calcium isn't as directly related to the risk of fracture, but we still want to encourage calcium rich foods along with vitamin D and also vitamin K. So vitamin K2 in particular is found not in the leafy greens of its K1 cousin, but in some fermented foods and older foods like egg yolks, for example, and cheese um, that seems to be helped to protect our heart and may also have some effect on our bones. And then those omega-3 fats from fish and also plant-based sources like flax and chia, those would, you know, that helps to, you know, keep our heart and brain happy and healthy, but, you know, also just helps to keep our joints lubricated and supports our skin health. So those are the kinds of nutrition priorities that I think when women are looking for things to add in as part Mm -hmm. of this undieting journey, they can add them with confidence, knowing that they're going to be good choices for their health and in a completely way neutral way. Are you there know, vegan sources of K2? Oh, there aren't. Oh, so they're not. K2 is exclusively. <laughs> okay. I must not um, be getting that. In. Now that's actually, so there's NATO. So NATO, um, which I don't know of anyone who actually likes it. Um, <laughs> I don't know it, of it, it what is, that is. It's fermented soybeans. Have oh. you had it? No, but yeah, actually, so it's that fermented does sound soybeans. Like something I might you, like. <laughs> well, I, if you try it and like it, I would love to know. I've never actually had the chance to to have it. I keep saying that when I see it on a menu, I'm going to order it, but I've never seen it on a menu. And everyone I've talked to has been like, mm, not for me. Mm. So, <laughs> but that I is yeah, so it is actually. I mean, it like I the, love kimchi and stuff. Me too. Oh yeah. Kimchi is awesome. Um, it is natto is the best source of K2 going, oh. um, but it is the, I would say the least popular. Oh, but you can't take a supplement. Oh, right? 
Yeah. I think and it some comes people... with vitamin D like sometimes. Is yeah. That right? So it's often paired with vitamin D. So that is oh. definitely something that people choose to do. Um, and there really isn't like a recommended amount right now because we're still just kind of learning about it. So all of the, both K1 and K2 were lumped in together when the guidelines were created many decades ago. And so they didn't really develop a separate one for K2, but we're just learning about it. But I just encourage people to either, if you take a vitamin D, it's quite easy to add one, one that has K, K2 if your healthcare provider says that that's a good idea. Um, or if you enjoy, you know, old cheese, throw that in a few times a week. If you have eggs, include the yolks. Mm, so. Okay. You know, I do just want to say one quick thing that I'm just thinking about, like I have had high blood pressure. It runs in my family. And, um, so I am supposed to like be, you know, diet is supposed to help with that. But I do think that there is, there's just such a different feeling when you really truly are watching like what foods you're eating for your health. <laughs> and for yeah. your, yeah, it's just for your like, weight. Less, yeah. like it really, I just, I'm saying that like to our listeners who, who, you know, it's just a very different, mm-hmm. um, like there's not the, it's, it, there's not the dysfunction with it. Yeah. There's not the, Oh, I'm bad. If I, I mean, there is some of that because we, in our society, we judge people who are not healthy for some reason. It's so weird, but yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, just that it is. It's, it's like, how can I take care of my body? How can I help my body to thrive instead of like, yeah. how can I fix it? Cause it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when there is something quote unquote wrong, like with the blood pressure, it's still a different yeah, feeling than like, the my, appearance. oh God, I'm not going to look right. good if I, and like, I, it's just yeah. like, a, it's just a different feeling. So totally a different energy too. If you really do have to change what you're eating yeah. or restrict some things for that reason. And I think it's a good time just to kind of insert the reminder too, that yes, like there definitely are some associations with food and certain conditions, but not all of those things can be prevented and treated with food there. You know, there are lots of times and high blood pressure is a great example where there is a really strong familial component that at some point often requires medication. And there's no shame in that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think it's great when we can add things in that support, whatever the health condition is and that you feel better and enjoy them and want to include them. But, you know, I think often that wellness culture narrative is that if you were doing it good enough that you wouldn't have this particular problem or condition, right. yeah. that is so important Victim to blaming. just like, yeah, the blame and shame has got to go when it comes to food, because one, not everyone has access to the yes. kinds of foods that are at the top of that hierarchy, yes. right? You know, you can't tell someone to eat chicken breasts and, you know, if, accessing food is not something that they, you know, can do reliably. So, you know, chicken breasts are ridiculously expensive. Mm. And so to tell someone that that's the best, leanest, healthiest protein may not be serving them. So I think that we need to, to kind of hold space that too. Yeah. Thank you. So before we wrap up, do you mind telling us your sun sign? My sun sign. I'm sorry. I'm going to sound really dumb, but like, is that my, <laughs> your my sign? Astrology? What's yeah, okay. your sign? Aries. I'm an Aries. Aries. Oh, okay. okay. I'm and guessing you don't know what your rising sign yeah, is. Yeah. Or your moon sign. I don't, but I'd love to know. Oh. <laughs> I would love to know too. We I know. Tell you how to do that 
after if you want. And then yeah, also, <laughs> and then also tell our listeners where they can find you. So the best place to find me is on Instagram, which is at menopause.nutritionist. That's where I hang out the most. And any that I have going on group programs that are enrolling or anything like that will be in the link of my bio. Um, but, and also include links to my blog and website. And I have a free menopause nutrition for undieters guide, which just kind of talks a little bit about, um, some of the kind of undieting philosophy that we've mentioned here and just kind of getting in the right headspace along with some recipes. Love it. Thank you so much, Jen. Yes. Thank Thank you for having me. Okay. We hope you liked it. So now it is time for the energy report. Okay. (laughs) So uh, the energy report. Okay. So this week, tuning into the energy, um, you know, again, since I've been writing it out for Mind Body Green, I feel like I'm more like aware of the flow of it from week to week. Like it's sticking with my brain more because I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this week, what I, it still does feel like kind of a watery energy to me and what I felt honestly was a big surge coming at us at once. And it did feel kind of like sadness at first. Oh, yeah. But it also could be more than sadness. Like it could, what I also, when I felt a little deeper into it, it was also just kind of like old patterns coming at us real fast. So that could look like different things for different people. And I do think that it, but wait, there's, there's good news at the end of this. So I'm just starting with this part. Um, a theme that has come up a lot this week with my clients and myself, as I mentioned before, is trust. So I think that is also part of it. This thing of like, trusting the process, like trusting, okay, this is where I am in the um, cycle of growth. Like, you know how growth is on a spiral. We don't grow in a straight line. So sometimes we get, we feel like, oh God, I'm back to this again. But really, no, you're not back to that again. You're higher on the spiral, but it just feels like it maybe in the moment. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like being overtaken by a pattern. Um, But then I, I really saw it like, just as quickly this surge of love coming after that like a like just love from source love from the people around like it may show up that way but it's like real like right in the heart chakra and then it was a dumping like I really saw it just going like sloughing off in one piece that old pattern the old energies Mm. that 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 sadness kind of thing it was interesting it really did look like like a blob of energy that was just like, bleh. you know, if you remember a few weeks ago that the during Aquarius season, I saw energy pattern patterns like peeling off, like like mm-hmm. glue or something like, bleh. but this was like a bloop and done. So <laughs> what are the different sound effects? Sloth, Aquarius versus <laughs> okay okay oh yeah you got it (laughs) so yeah so when the thing about trust also is first of all just like taking breaths if you are caught in a pattern noticing okay this looks familiar I'm gonna be with myself I'm just gonna allow it to flow through it's okay like not getting into a reactive mode would be really helpful 
But then also there's something activating about that heart chakra energy that feels to me like, oh my God, this is who I really am. Like awakening to this part of yes. you that you don't even, didn't even realize. Like this light, like <laughs> more sound effects. <laughs> 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 So <clears throat> this is where also the trust piece comes in where it's like, oh, my God, like, can I trust myself to know, like, to really have agency for my life? Can I trust myself to really believe this is who I am and express yes. this no matter what is happening around me? Like, nor what I used to believe, that pattern that fell away. Can I, oh, my God, this is opening up and can I trust it and can I trust myself? Yes, love it. So that's your situation. Oh, and I did think it would be helpful to, even though it recently was a new moon and this is kind of a full moon situation, but if you are aware like, oh, this is the patterns that left, maybe write them down and have a little safe fire, maybe in a cauldron and burn it. Like something about like burning it off, like like ritualizing that it's gone. The uh, mm -hmm. the sloughing off the bloom, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe in water because it is oh, right. feels very watery. Bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's it. That's you got it. A lot of sound effects. <sighs> yeah, that's the stuff you don't get from the article. That's that's a great point. I should maybe mm -hmm. do P.S. If you listen to my podcast, you'll get this with <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> yeah, important. Yeah, sound effects. Mm -hmm. Okay, <clears throat> so now it's time for Practical Magic. So uh, always so interesting to hear the energy report before Practical Magic because it's like, oh, yeah, because I also tune in, but then I'm like, how do we work with that magically this yeah. week? And what feels really sweet to me, and I can feel it totally aligned with what you're saying, is this week self-kindness, self-care, and then working yeah. on abundance oh, magic. Oh, yeah, that all works for sure. Yeah, so being real, it, just, it feels like it will there there's like a certain kind of portal where it feels like it will be uh like like it feels right to really love ourselves and take care of ourselves and then to couple that with tapping into like what if you let yourself receive so this gentle kind of uh abundance magic where it's letting yourself receive it's seeing yourself as affluent as naturally magnetic yeah and and then like seeing like well, oh yeah I, I i do deserve that just like we know when we love people or even when we just see people in the world yeah as sensitive people we're like oh we can recognize that that person is deserving of wonderful things you know it's letting yeah. ourselves recognize that about ourselves oh my god i literally was just writing <clears throat> about this in my book Oh. But also, it's perfectly aligned with what I just said with the energy report, because once we get that surge in that heart chakra energy and we see ourselves the in this new yeah. way, it's yes. like, can I see myself that way? Can I trust right. that that's who I really am? Yeah. And so if that feels like, oh, how will I even do that? You know, if there mm -hmm. seems like there's a block between that, then you can use the what if method. Like, what mm. if? How would that feel? How would that feel if I 
just let myself naturally be affluent. Just let myself naturally allow blessings and abundance to flow to me if I believed that I deserved that, if I believed that was my natural state. Yeah. So that energy combined with possibly you would like to do some money spells or some prosperity spells with the waxing moon. It's the perfect time mm. to for mm-hmm. like expansion stepping into greater abundance magnetizing wealth so if you find a money spell you'd like to do you could do a bath where you put some wealth drawing herbs Mm. in there maybe some basil maybe a little pinch of cinnamon um you could burn a green candle or a purple candle is something going on at you oh just sorry um my cat (laughs) helena jumped on the uh, table while you were talking and I have a candle burning and then she looked shocked and jumped off so I just wanted to make sure she wasn't she wasn't she on didn't fire. have a whisker on fire is she, she on looks fire confused no I, oh <laughs> one licking time her lips cat- but I don't know why <laughs> I had a very a cat acorn who did look very flammable, like she was very fluffy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she um, was on the table, and her tail caught on fire. And my friend Alex was there, and she right away said, "Your cat's on fire!" Oh my god! Which oh <laughs> I was like, "That was amazing that you were able just to say." I mean, we were able to extinguish her tail very oh, quickly, good. but um, I always remember. Oh <laughs> I was god. like, "No delay." She That's just, so "Your funny. cat's on fire." Oh my god! No, don't go over <laughs> Cause there. Because it was like I felt speechless, like, yeah. but somehow that those words just flew right out of her mouth. Anyway, okay, yeah, that's funny. So, um, so yeah, money spells, money rituals. However, it, it, this could be a visualization that you do. This could be a bath you take. You could go to a moving body of water. I love doing mm. that. Sit by a stream or a fountain waterfall ocean Mm -hmm. lake and attune with the water attune with the abundant qualities of it kind of bring it into your field going outside in nature and working with the elements magically is Mm. powerful because it if you do that if you go out you sit by a moving body of water you tune in for example you tune into the earth the air the, the the sun the water over time, you start to realize you're not separate from them. So there starts to be a merging there. And that's so you sweet. can, that's a magical, what's going on now? Nothing. Now now Natasha's taking pictures. I'm, with so, I'm sorry. I just, Helena looks really cute. And I was going <laughs> to send you a picture. Is, it, is this boring? I'm listening at the same time. I, really, um, I can do two things at once. <laughs> so uh yeah so magically working in whatever way feels right to you with bringing in more abundance and more of a sense of deserving and i like that you're talking about water it does feel very watery mm-hmm. even in the sloughing off so i like that yeah um i thought it would just the reason i took a picture was because i wanted to show you her after the situation she's a very magical cat and she always looks like she's like levitating into another universe. She's always like her eyes are closed and she looks like very. <laughs> and so she just looks as if that never happened, the whole thing. Aww. So that's why I want to take a picture. Cute. Maybe I'll post it on Tuesday so everyone can see. All right. Well, before we pick our card of the week, you can find me on highestlighthealing.com. Well, I should say we're doing our housekeeping, so you can find me there at any time. Um, and on Instagram, I'm taking another tiny Instagram break. 
not a huge one, but just kind of like, at least personally, but I am on there. And uh, that's about it, really. What about you? You can find me at TessWhitehurst.com. That's where you can find, you can schedule sessions. You can find lots of free guided meditations, rituals, abundance spells, abundance baths, uh, all number of things. You can also find me on Instagram at Tess4444. I do think I'm going to take a break from Instagram this week. Oh, you too. While I'm on vacation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Um, and then. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author. No longer on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. I'm and surprised you can find us. that you're no longer on Twitter because that seemed to be the one place you actually like to be. And yeah, I just, you know what I realized I liked even more is not being on social media. Mm. I like that more than I like social media. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, I also forgot to mention that I am going to be um, part of that. I think I mentioned it last week, but part of the Wild Ones um, free um, virtual retreat where I did a whole session leading uh, leading her through this inner child trigger thing and um oh, cool. so and it's free and there's tons of other people friend of the show and friend of mine Britton LaRue is going to be doing it she's a great astrologer um so you can go to their Instagram is we are wild um and then they're also the wild ones I believe but we'll put it in the show notes um and I'm okay yeah so I think you all will enjoy that and you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com uh, you know, and that's where the show notes are. The show notes are right. not on any of the platforms. They're always on Magic Monday podcast. Yeah, because we've had some people wondering where why we're not on Spotify. We've talked about that before. You can look on our Instagram. We talk about it. Um, and then they can't find us. But I guess if you're listening, you have found us. But Good job. Yeah, us <laughs> somewhere other than Spotify. Yes. Um, but you can find us there. Always Magic Monday podcast. But also at Apple and all the other places. Okay. So, oh, and if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can do that. It's fun. You get a picture of the cards. And it's terrific. Okay. So I'm picking this week from The Muse Tarot by Chris Ann, who I really love. Okay, and I am am drawing from Cosmic Dancer Oracle, which I co-wrote. Um, okay, I picked the two of voices, which oh. is interesting, I think. Um, now I just have to find it. I'm two gonna... of voices. So I think. tarot. Yeah. So this is interesting. Okay. So it's. It's like... interesting because last week you picked the yeah. two of scrolls from the Akashic tarot. Yeah. I'm just showing you what it looks like. Oh. Um, so it's two paths, two options. One is real and one is not. Oh my God. I love this because this is basically what I was saying about the energy this week. Like when that energy comes in with a surge, just be aware it's not real. It's throwing you back in the past into an energy that is not real. It's old, false pictures, false stories. So just plop. Is that good? And then. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. I think I said bloop, but you did. I like the P. Okay. One leads to a future and one will fade away as potential without form. The two of voices sits at the doorway, gently spinning dualities for the travelers below. 
She offers paths that lead in different distractions, different directions. That's funny. I said distractions so that we remember that we have free will. Um, even rocks and hard places contain energy that can be moved. And sometimes it must be walked through. When choices appear equally sweet or equally sticky, appreciate the slightest of nudges, the subtle tuggings on the strings, and trust that even without predictability or foresight, the path you take will be the right path for you. Know that sometimes the destination is not as important as the steps taken and that progress made with love while listening to the whispers of your soul will always lead to the transformative power of the right choice. Woohoo! Yeah. I like that. So my card, I think, has some further advice for aligning with the right choice or aligning with the true self or the true flow. It is surrender and trust. And it's a picture of a woman uh, like free falling into water. Oh, wow. Yeah. So interesting because that's kind of the image I I was getting falling into water. Yeah. So here I'm going to read some of it. It is as if a strong current of rushing white water surrounds you, pushing you forward while you cling desperately to a jutting rock along the river's edge. And yet, if you were to trust the universe enough to let go, you would swirl and slide joyfully along your most ideal path. Even though you may not know precisely how this path will look, if you consult with your deepest inner knowing, you will realize this current cannot fail to propel you where your heart wants to go, to the ocean, which is the metaphor for your alignment with your divine source. This is exactly the energy report. Yeah. Oh my God. Like getting taken by the river and then like, wait a minute, if I just let go, if I flow, then I feel the heart chakra illuminated and I'm connected to the divine. Yeah. Oh my God. There you go, folks. You can't get it clearer than that. That's right. Alrighty. So remember next week is just a questions episode as Tess is gone for the week. Um, and we will still see you there. We hope. Have a great week. Your cat's on fire. <laughs>